Hey guys, it's Derek. We're back on the podcast. And before I get into the podcast, I need to make sure y'all know, last week we launched Genesis and Revelation. These are our two newest programs in the Ballistic Performance Arsenal. Genesis is for all of those out there that aren't quite sure if you're ready to hop into build or move yet. It is our beginner's program. It is your starting point for your health and fitness journey. So make sure you go and check that out. It is going to progress you from something as basic as an air squat all the way into some early stages of some Olympic weightlifting style movements, as well as some high intensity interval style training. We also released Revelation. Revelation is exactly that. It is going to change your entire perspective on training. Gone are the days of strength metcon and running yourself into the ground during those high-intensity you know, CrossFit-style workouts. This is going to open your eyes to the fact that you can train smarter and achieve the same, if not better, results or just maintain your fitness. So be sure you check out both of those programs that are on our website, trainballistic.com. Go to the menu, select one-time purchase programs, and that will have all the information you need. Now, in regards to the episode, today Ashley and I are talking supplements. We're diving deep into the industry. We're going to talk about what the industry looks like. Well, you know, What kind of revenue is it generating? How many people are actually taking supplements? How is the industry overseen? Like, Are there any regulations? Do you need to be taking supplements in the first place? What are the ingredients in some of these products? We're going to cover all of that information and more. And just as a disclaimer, this is a information content heavy episode. So do your best and please stay with us. Once we get through that heavy jargon in the beginning, we're going to cover some practical information that you can take with you, and we are actually going to talk about the supplements that we take as well and who we recommend and trust as our supplement provider. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is episode number 48, and I'm here once again with my lovely future wife, Ash. <laughs> how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. Uh, we are here, and today we are talking about supplements. Yeah. We've been talking about this episode for a couple weeks now, but I finally had the time to make sure I did my due diligence, did the research for us so we can have an accurate and informative conversation. Absolutely. Love it. Uh, so, Ash, as usual, we'll catch everybody up on life, on the business, and then we'll hop into the actual conversation about supplements here. So why don't you kick us off? What's going on in life? In life, this past week, you surprised me with a woman's barbell. I did. And, and how I... surprised were you? I literally couldn't believe it. He told me, I think it was the morning of, that he ordered a barbell rack. And I was working on Exos at the kitchen table where I literally face our front porch. And I see this uh, delivery person carry what looks like a barbell. And in my head, I'm like, huh, he explained the rack and he didn't say it was going to be that big. And we already have a barbell. So, and I signed up on Rogue to be notified when a women's barbell was back in stock. And so I walk outside and I see that is a 35 pound barbell. And Derek was at power and I called him crying, obviously. <laughs> um, and I was excited. <laughs> Yeah, so we got a women's bar. The rack is on the way. It's taking a little bit longer, but that's okay. And uh, also, we are done buying equipment for a while. <laughs> mm. I at least think we need to be, just for a little bit. Yeah, like I might buy a yoke, but it's fine. Okay, <laughs> let's get serious here. That's not going to happen for a couple months at least. Okay. I don't think that's happening until after the new year. Mm. Christmas is exciting. I'm not the boss anyway, so... <laughs> But I just say yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just like surprise me when I'm not expecting it. But 
I Maybe know. I I'm, can surprise you with the yolk for I'm once. the king of surprises. I the know. dog, the engagement, <laughs> the barbells. Yeah. You know, that's my thing. Yeah, I try. <laughs> Skydiving, the kettlebell. Fail. Fail. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> the thought that counts. That's right. You're surprised. It's just a few days early. Yeah, it's true. I didn't know you were planning things, but then it just seems like they just keep getting uh, spoiled. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay though. Uh, uh, then, give us an update on power. Yeah, so power is going well. Uh, first, what would that be? Well, first three weeks, but the first week out in the field, so to speak, in the neighborhood was, I'd say, a success. I think I met the numbers that they uh, they qualify as, like getting out of the rookie uh, phase. phase. Yeah, I guess you could use that as the word phase. Uh, but I think I met those numbers, so that was good. Mm-hmm. Definitely a work in progress. I can always get better. Uh, but yeah, developing more confidence, being able to overcome more objections and uh, kind of read people at the door. For anybody Perfect. listening that doesn't understand what I'm saying, in training, we had two weeks of classroom and now we have multiple weeks of going door to door, scheduling free appointments for and free estimates for these people. Mm-hmm. And so it's really just exposing you to like... You know, everything that you imagine, all the stereotypical thoughts that have to do with door-to-door salesmen, we are not those people, but we are dealing with, you know, everyday human beings who do not want to see a door-to-door person on their porch, (laughs) right? So, uh, yeah, it's humbling. It's a really good learning experience. Uh, And yeah, I think it's going to be really helpful. The reason they do this as part of training is they found that their retention rate skyrockets when they have people start in this way. So for the next few weeks, we'll be doing that and then hopefully eventually transition into, well, not hopefully, eventually transition into the sales training and then be moving into where we're actually going and seeing people who have already scheduled us to be in their homes and pitch them, you know, our products. So nice. All part of the process, but I like it so far. So that's a good thing. Good. And then with business updates, first and foremost, we launched two programs yesterday. Yeah, we did. All thanks to you, babe. <laughs> Ash killed, like fucking crushed. Oh my god! The launch campaign for Genesis and Revelation. So I'm so proud of her for that. It looked amazing. All of the stories and posts and emails that she created for that entire process. Um, so yeah, those programs are live. You can find them on our website, right? Trainballistic.com. Mm-hmm. Go to the menu. Check out one-time purchase programs and in that category you will see genesis revelation as well as our pull-up program that's in there but those are all one-time purchases meaning you pay once you have them for life you have access for life and uh yeah it's going to be awesome i'm excited to see folks start getting into those and hopefully changing some lives through those yeah i'm really excited and then uh also we've finally sourced all of our apparel except the damn tank top. Yeah, we're we can, struggling. We cannot find this cropped tank top anywhere. So as of now, our plan is to still launch this store, make it live, hopefully this week, but again, no promises. <laughs> I was going to say, don't even... But according to my cousin, we can do it this week. But again, I'm not promising that. But we will launch everything except for that tank top, so you'll still be able to get some ballistic performance gear and finally be able to rep that yeah. wherever you're at. Yeah, and then uh, what else do we have going on with the business? We're you know, going to begin preparing for our next launch, mm-hmm. which will probably be in a few weeks if I can remember the calendar correctly. Yeah. And so having that, getting that all set up and organized, and uh, thanks to all of your research and time, we have a little more structure to, to our plan for the rest of 2020 here and into 2021. So still more exciting things to come before the year is up. Yeah, absolutely. At least one more launch and then probably a little, for our current members, a little like incentive campaign. That's so right. I'm excited. It's going to be awesome. Okay, so I think that's all the updates, right? Yeah. Sweet. Going into supplements. What are we starting with? Yeah, so I figured in the conversation we could start out just talking about the industry a little bit, um, talk about some of the statistics, the numbers that are out there, you know, how much revenue is this industry actually generating? How many people are actually taking supplements, stuff like that? And then we could move into some discussion on how the industry's regulated, 
um, you know, what, what can you expect from these supplement companies or what's expected of them? And then finally transition and do what are some of the brands that are, that are reputable? What are some of the resources you can find these reputable, reputable brands through, et cetera. Perfect. Awesome. So the, the industry itself, right? Uh, the supplement industry is a 140 plus billion with a B billion dollar industry. Um, and that's expected to actually double in the next six years. So it is a huge industry, especially in the United States. They estimate that it generates about 5.5 billion in retail jobs alone or retail wages, I should say. And that in general, it creates about 383,000 jobs in the US. So it's a huge industry that employs a lot of people and also creates a lot of income and a lot of wages for those people. Um, so it's definitely not something that is just, you know, this uh, startup, so to speak, or this small type industry. It is a massive, massive, massive industry. Yeah. How many people, Americans at least, take supplements? So regularly? we got we got a lot of these numbers from the uh, the Council for Responsible Nutrition. You can look them up. I believe their website crn.com, but they provide legitimate statistics and numbers and, you know, credible evidence here. And so they're estimating that about 170 million American adults take supplements on a regular basis. Wow. So, you know, if we have, we have what, about 370 million people in the U.S. So like a third, basically a third of the, uh, the U.S. population hmm. is taking supplements on a regular basis. Wow. And uh, of those 170 million, you know, 77% report using dietary supplements or reported using dietary supplements in 2019. So not only do 170 million Americans take supplements regularly, but in 2019, 77%, which is way more than that 170 million, reported using dietary supplements at one point in that, in that 2019 year. So a lot of people are taking in dietary supplements or at least tried them. Mm-hmm. Uh, something else I thought was interesting is that 71% of supplement users are regular exercisers, meaning that all those people that I just talked about, 77, 77%, right, in 2019, of those 77%, 71% are exercising regularly. Right? So that's pretty interesting. It means like yeah. the, basically means the fit, the people who prioritize health and fitness are the ones that are partaking in supplements the most Mm -hmm. which kind of makes sense right if you think about it um and then this stat maybe you and i can expand upon a little bit i thought was interesting they found that 56 percent of dietary supplement users identified their medical professional as a trusted source of reliable information for supplements Mm. what do you think about that uh, i think it's hard it's the same thing like that danielle talks about with like birth control uh so frequently it's by the way danielle is at danielle marie pac yes. on instagram yes. check her out um but i i think it's hard because in today's society so many people trust their doctors like why would they question if they are recommending you a supplement i literally had a conversation with a ballistic performance client this past week and i asked it was around magnesium and i'm sure we're gonna get into that but i asked her did her doctor inform her why she was taking it or which type of magnesium and she said no yeah i just i don't like that statistic and i'm maybe i'm a little biased because i believe the same thing about fitness, but you know, medical professionals are not trained to, are not trained on all of the supplements that are out there, mm-hmm. right? Like they're trained on medicine, mm-hmm. and they know what medications will treat, uh, or will even cure certain, you know, circumstances mm-hmm. or conditions. But they're not trained on, you know, the the composition of these supplements. They're not no. trained on, you know, what the purity and the the, the ingredients within these substances, right? Mm-hmm. Like they are just trained to know what medication will help treat a specific condition and that's it. Yeah. And so, and especially in regards to fitness, like they're not trained on fitness whatsoever. Yeah. So for them to, for folks to consider half of folks, basically 56% to consider their physician as like their reliable trusted source to identify 
supplements that are going to be conducive to their goals is mm-hmm. just a little concerning, at least in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. It's really hard. Uh, continue on on some more numbers here. 42% of supplement users cite overall health and wellness benefits as the reason they're taking supplements, which again makes sense because earlier we talked that, uh, what was it, 71% of users are regular exercisers. Mm-hmm. So that kind of goes hand in hand. And then lastly, CRN found that 92% of dietary supplement users say they read and follow the directions on the supplement labels. So good thing to know that people are reading the labels and yeah. that they're following the instructions there. But uh, yeah, so that's just some basic information on the industry. Again, you can check all those numbers out on, what did I say? Const- I'm getting this wrong as I'm speaking here. Council for Responsible Nutrition. You can check those guys out. They have valid and credible resources there. All right, so uh, now what do you think? Transition into some oversight? Yeah. Wonderful. So uh, where did we get all this information that we're about to talk about So we got oversight? We got this from the National Institutes of Health. That's right. And if you don't know what the NIH is, it is a huge organization. Yeah. They provide a ton of research, evidence. I mean, they are like the hub mm-hmm. of credible resources. So uh, all of this information is coming from them, and hopefully we'll be able to disseminate it in a way that you guys can understand. Perfect. Okay, so number one, in terms of supplements and and how they're manufactured and wh- how the oversight works, the FDA has established what they call good manufacturing practices. Mm-hmm. So GMPs is how they abbreviate that. And basically what these are is that they're guidelines that companies should follow to help ensure the identity, the purity, the strength, and the composition of dietary supplements. Okay. Right? So, but the key word there is should. Mm-hmm. Food and supplement manufacturers are not legally obligated to adopt any of those GMPs, any of those good manufacturing practices, right? So it's almost like a recommendation. You know, yeah. the, FD sa- the FDA says, hey, here are some good manufacturing practices that we think you need to implement or that we would recommend you implement. But you don't have to. But it is not a legal obligation. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing to know right off the bat is, and what that basically means is the FDA is not regulating sub- supplements, mm-hmm. at least not heavy oversight, right? Yeah. So along with that, because the FDA is not regulating these things heavily, there are several independent organizations that offer quality testing mm-hmm. and purity testing um, and then display that information on the internet, right? Yeah. For people to see as a resource. Um, a free one of those is Labdoor. We refer that to our clients quite a bit. So mm-hmm. Lab, love that one. Labdoor is a great source to check out the purity and the ingredients of these supplements. Another one is consumerlab.com. That one is a paid resource, but again, it has a ton of information there. There's also SFH International, U.S. Pharma. NSF. Oh, so, sorry, NSF. What did I say? Uh, SFH. Yeah. That's a supplement company. <laughs> <laughs> so NSF International and U.S. Pharmacopia is our final resource there. So those are four resources that you can visit and check out how they rank these supplements in terms of purity, substances, ingredients, and then they rank those. On some of them, it's like an, you know, an A through F score like you would get in, in grade school. And throughout all, of, I guess, all of education. I don't know why I said grade school. And then the rest follow a similar format. They'll rank them according to accuracy of what's on the label. Yeah, but not all companies are involved. Right. That's one thing to note. That's a good thing. Not every single company is on these websites, guys. Yeah. Like, you can get on Labdoor, Consumer Lab, and you can find some of the bigger brands, but not all of the brands are on there, and not even all of the smaller brands are on there. It really just depends on what they've tested. And I would assume there's some kind of either agreement between the company and that organization, right? Or I'm, I'm not sure how that relationship works. Just know that if a supplement's not on there, it doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. Right? They just haven't hit every single brand, which is understandable because as we said, it's a $140 billion industry. So there are a hell of a lot <laughs> of companies out there and different brands. Yeah. <clears throat> what are supplement companies responsible for then? So we're we're going to get into that. They're basically just responsible for having evidence that their products are safe and that the label claims are truthful and not misleading. But now that evidence 
doesn't even need to be presented unless some kind of like legal. situation arises, right? Gotcha. Yeah, unless some kind of litigation is brought against them. So yeah, they need to have that on file, but they're not being they're not being regulated, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of folks can put something into production, it can go out there and people can start consuming it, but as long as nothing no adverse reactions occur, as long as no, you know, no one is injured or any health is compromised and no one brings litigation against them, they don't technically need that evidence because they're not required to present it unless something like that happens. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, basically that what I'm saying is supplements do not require FDA approval prior to, prior to them being sold and marketed. Mm-hmm. So something can be put out there and people can start consuming it and nothing is required for that to happen. All that's required is if something adverse happens, these companies have evidence to present. Yeah. Hopefully that's tracking. Everybody's staying with me on that one. Um, let's see. What else do I have here on these notes? Another th- important thing to note is dietary supplement labels may include certain types of health-related claims, but they cannot say that it's guaranteed to cure or treat something. Does that make sense? So they can mm-hmm. say it will promote, it will aid in, but they cannot specifically state um, that it will actually cure something. You know, almost every supplement has to put a statement on their label that says this has not been evaluated by the FDA, you know, the Food and Drug Administration. Mm-hmm. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure, or prevent any diseases. That, if you look around, that is going to be on nearly every single label you can find for dietary supplements. So that's something important to note as well. Okay. Um, let's see. What else have we got here? In terms of the FDA... So the FDA also monitors the marketplace for potential illegal products that may be unsafe or maybe make false claims. And in addition to that, it's the actually the Federal Trade Commission which monitors product advertising in any way, shape, or form. So yes, there is some oversight in terms of how you market and present this information. Right, you on can, a supplement. On the supplements. Supplement companies cannot come out and make false claims because the Federal Trade Commission and the FDA are overseeing that in some capacity. So as much as we love to say there's absolutely no regulation, there is in some way, right? Like these supplement companies have some regulation, especially on how they market and advertise. Mm-hmm. And they are provided with general, you know, good manufacturing practices, those GMPs. Yeah. But overall, it's a pretty lax industry. You can get away with quite a bit. And so yeah. that's that's the main takeaway point, right? Is even though there's some regulation, there's not enough to catch everything. Yeah. So that everybody listening needs to understand that you need to be careful about what you're taking and what you're consuming because there is some stuff that can fall through the cracks. Absolutely. Now, moving on to understanding the actual label. Yeah. So understanding the labels of these supplements, right? That's what we're getting into. And um, really what I wanted to dive into was breaking down like what some of these things mean on the back of these labels. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, especially on dietary supplements, you'll see a lot of ac- or a lot of abbreviations, right? You'll see yeah. things like DV, um, RDA, AI, IU. Like what do all these units mean? And so what I want to do is kind of break those down mm-hmm. and then we'll get into some other stuff as we go. So number one is if you look on the back of almost any supplement, even food, you'll see what's called a percent daily value or percent DV. It'll be abbreviated. And what that means is it just that tells you the percentage of the recommended daily intake for each nutrient within that food or within that supplement. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's number one, percent daily value. That's the percentage of the recommended daily intake for each nutrient that's provided within the supplement or by the supplement. Next is what's called the RDA. Now, the RDA is the recommended dietary allowance. And what this is, is it's the average daily level of intake sufficient to meet the nutrient requirements for nearly all healthy people. And when they say nearly all, they mean like 97 to 98% of healthy people. 
Mm-hmm. So our, another way to think about it is RDA is the bare minimum, right? It's the intake that's going to provide adequate amounts of nutrients for the majority of the population. Yeah. Um, you know, the average amount of a nutrient for a healthy person each day, right, is going to vary. So that's something important to note that the RDA is there for the majority of healthy people, but it also varies by population. Yeah. So, you know, the RDA of, let's say, vitamin C, for example, might be 80 milligrams a day for the average person, but that's not going to be the same for a pregnant woman or that's not going to be the same for a teenager, right? They, it changes within these populations. Does yeah. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Awesome. And... I mean, these RDAs, we don't have to get too far into this, but they are developed by like the Food and Nutrition Board at the Institute of Medicine and National Academy. So there's some very smart people Mm -hmm. that are creating these things and looking at a lot of research and evidence. But the main takeaway on RDAs is that it varies by age, gender, and, you know, pregnancy and things like that. So Mm -hmm. it's not consistent across the board. Perfect. Did I do an okay job of explaining that? Yeah. I think going on to the AI adequate intake. Yeah, so we'll move into AI. So AI, like you said, is adequate intake. Adequate intake is established when the evidence is insufficient to develop an RDA, right? So if there's not enough evidence to create that recommended dietary allowance, then what they'll do is they'll create an adequate intake, which they believe will ensure nutritional you know, adequacy. It's It will be sufficient in providing the amount of nutrients you need. So if there's not an RDA, there's an AI. Correct. Got it. Yes. So if there's not enough evidence to create an RDA, you'll probably see an AI associated with that nutrient or that macronutrient. Perfect. Uh, going on to tolerable upper intake level or just UL, what's that? Yeah. So now, right, this starts, this is why we're going over this because it gets confusing. Now, we just said there's AI, which is adequate intake. Now there's also UL, which is upper intake level. And that is the maximum daily intake that's unlikely to cause adverse health effects. So the upper tolerable intake or the UL is the maximum amount of something that you can ingest before adverse side effects start to occur. Okay. Or could potentially occur. They're not guaranteed to happen, right? Gotcha. So and another way to put it is the UL is the largest daily intake of a nutrient considered to be safe for the majority of the population. Got it. Does that make sense? Yep. Now, taking in more than the UL is definitely not recommended, right? Like that's, a, that's the entire reason it's created. It's not guaranteed to be harmful, but it definitely could be. So that's why they put these in place. Got it. Awesome. Now, international units or IU, what's that? Okay, so international units, this is kind of funky, and they've actually, we're going to provide you with some an update here, but there's actually been some changes to this. So international unit is the internationally accepted amount of a substance. It's used for fat-soluble vitamins as well as certain hormones, enzymes, etc. So things like fat-soluble vitamins would be vitamins A, D, and E, it's also used for folate, niacin, and as I mentioned, other hormones and enzymes. But IUs have different weights, so to speak, for different substances. So what I mean by that is 1,000 IUs of vitamin C is not the same as 1,000 IUs of vitamin A. So that's why it gets really confusing. And that's why no one knows what the hell IUs are, but they're on all kinds of supplement labels. You've probably seen them, right? Yeah. So it, it'll say, you know, a thousand IUs of vitamin C, but like, what does that even mean? And so, like I said, there's not, it's not consistent across the board. It varies by substance. And so I think eventually someone told whoever is at the top of this, you know, organization that creates these standards that IUs don't make any freaking sense. We need to reevaluate how we're labeling these things. So in 2016, they actually changed the unit of measure for those fat-soluble vitamins. So vitamins A, D, and E, which used to be prescribed or, or written on the label as IUs, 
are now written in milligrams or micrograms. So it makes way more sense, right? Because everything on labels is in grams or milligrams. Yeah. And so they finally got rid of the IUs for those fat-soluble vitamins, and now they are also written in milligrams or micrograms just to be more consistent across the board and have that standardized measurement across substances. Okay, that makes sense. So IUs are still included, but they're, they use, all mean the same thing. So no, they're no longer called IUs. So oh, now, okay. now they are called milligrams or micrograms. I right? gotcha. they, they eliminated that unit of measure for those vitamins. I got it. Because it was just too confusing. But not all vitamins? No, so I still believe that for things like folate, niacin, and those other hormones and enzymes, yeah. I still believe that they're using international units for that. Okay. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. Okay. And then I think lastly, before we kind of move on here, just some additional considerations, guys. So to quickly recap, we just went over all those weird units of measure that are on the back of the labels mm-hmm. or all those abbreviations, right? Like your RDA, your upper intake levels, your, what else did I say? The IUs, of course, and our daily values. We just went over all those things, and you'll find those on labels. But additional considerations that you need to be aware of on the label and that you need to look at when you're selecting these supplements are things like the number of calories, the macros and micronutrients that are listed on there, the serving size, as well as the ingredient list. So don't forget about the rest of the label. We were just trying to dissect it there for you and give you some more information. Yeah, absolutely. So going on to brands now... Yeah. So brands, you know, we're talking things like the big brands out there that you hear of, like Optimum Nutrition, uh, Gaspari Nutrition, Muscle Tech, right? Well, we'll get into all those later, but we're just talking about the companies. Mm-hmm. And supplements in general are a really versatile group, right? There are There's vitamins, there's minerals, herbs, botanicals, amino acids, enzymes, fatty acids, probiotics, proteins, stimulants, right? There's so many different categories. And typically what happens is brands will start with one of those and then expand in other areas. So kind of one starts as the bread and butter and then they, and then they create additional ones. Now, in, according to a study done in 2019 on supplement consumption, they found that 58% of people were taking a multivitamin. of people were using vitamin D and 38% of people were taking vitamin C in some capacity. So those are some of the big players within the industry, right? Multivitamins, vitamin C, vitamin D, as well as some others. So it's just important to note there, like when we're talking about statistics and you hear us saying supplements and that 70 some percent of people are taking supplements and it's not just protein and pre-workout and that sort of thing, right? Like we're talking dietary supplements. So things like multivitamins, vitamin D, vitamin C fall into that category. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so now let's talk the actual brands. Some of the largest, most popular brands, we'll kind of rattle these off and maybe you've heard of them. If you haven't, no problem. But these are some of the big players. Maximum Human Performance, also known as MHP. Cytosport, Gaspari Nutrition, Nutrex, Pro Source Performance, Muscle Tech, Optimum Nutrition, BSN. Those are some of the highest grossing supplement companies. Mm-hmm. Now, just because they produce the greatest revenue and they're some of the most recognized doesn't mean they're the best quality. Yeah. Doesn't mean that they have the greatest purity standards. And so now what I've done is gone through and you and I are going to go over some of the top rated brands in terms of quality and purity. And we got all of this information off Labdoor. So one of those resources that we mentioned previously. So we're going to talk about these resources. But as we mentioned, not every brand is on there. These are just what was found on Labdoor. And then we'll talk about some of the brands we use as well. Perfect. So uh, what's the first category here? Whey protein. Oh, yeah. So I picked this one first because I think it's one of the most recognized. Mm-hmm. So from Labdoor, as I mentioned, we got all this information off Labdoor. The number one rated protein for quality slash purity standards was my protein, which we used to take all the time. Mm-hmm. So my protein. Uh, we loved the chocolate smooth when we used to take my protein. Yeah. So that's number one. Next was Dimatize. That's another big protein brand. Number three was Legion. And number four was a scent. I can't, I'm not even sure a scent was on there, but I threw it on the list 
because I know that the quality and purity standards are there. Mm -hmm. So those are four really great quality protein sources for whey protein, even if you want a casein protein. Those are some good Mm go-tos. Now, the next category is protein bars. So for protein bars, again, from Labdor, we found that Quest Nutrition was at the top of the list. Premier Nutrition, or excuse me, Premier Protein was second, and RX Bar was third. So there's our top three in terms of quality and purity. Was RX Bar on Labdor? Yes. Gotcha. Yep. Every, I'll make sure I, I make a note if, if I threw something on the list, because I know from experience. Okay. But yes, RX Bar was on the list. What's our next category? Pre-workout. Pre-workout. Again, top three here. We've got Optimum Nutrition, Platinum Pre, Do Vitamins which is another brand, and Legion. So those were some of the top three ranking on Labdor. Mm-hmm. What's next? Creatine. Okay, so creatine. We had my protein was near the top, now sports, Diamantized Nutrition, as well as Optimum Nutrition. So again, you could probably recognize some of those names, some of the bigger brands. Then we had Magnesium. Now Magnesium is unique, and maybe I'll let you talk about this just a little bit in detail because you've done a lot more research on it. But magnesium, I didn't rank these or take the rankings off of Labdor because, as you educated me on, there's a lot of different kinds of magnesium. Yeah, there's just all different forms, and that's going to determine what what you take. So, like, magnesium glycinate, that's the one that I've researched the most, but it's for, uh, like, insomnia or to help you kind of relax at night. Uh, and then there's different kinds like magnesium aspartate and magnesium citrate. And all of them, for the most part, are pretty real, like have things in common with one or two small things, yeah. small differences. So it really just depends on your desired effect, right? Yeah. In terms of magnesium. Okay. Continuing on. Next, we got vitamin D. We said this was one of the big players, some of the top brands in the industry in terms of quality and purity are nature made now foods kirkland signature uh, which is costco's brand and gnc so those are some of the top ones again from labdoor so these are credible sources here uh maybe some of those surprise you maybe they maybe they don't uh next fish oil another big supplement in the industry uh, one of the big brands that are known for their, their quality or that received high rankings on Labdoor was WHC. I don't know what that stands for. Don't ask me. Then uh, Viva Naturals was next. Nutrigold, Ocean Blue, GNC Triple Strength. Now, notice there, really the only one you probably recognize was GNC Triple Strength, right? I've never heard of any of those other brands. So it's not always, like we had said, the name brands that matter. You've got to check on the ingredients and you've got to read the labels. Yeah. Uh, then next we have BCAAs last one. Uh, again, do vitamins was on there. Muscle farm, my protein now sports, diamondized nutrition, optimal nutrition. So a couple bigger name brands made that list. But the point of going over all those was just so that you could see regardless of the category, whether it's vitamins, minerals, protein, pre-workouts, it's not always the biggest brands that have the best products. Yeah. Yeah. And that's on Labdoor. And that was all from Labdoor. Yeah. Now, why don't you tell the audience or the listeners who we trust? Awesome. Yeah. So like uh, like we mentioned in the beginning of the episode, when we were talking about these free resources to look at the purity and the quality of supplements, not every single supplement company is on these websites. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because they haven't gotten around to it yet or if there needs to be some sort of agreement between you know, the resource and the the brand itself. But what we take and what we trust for all of our products is first form. Now, first form is not on Labdoor. It's not on Consumer Labs. It's not on any of those sites. But the reason that we trust first form and why we are partnered or affiliated with them is that their core values and beliefs align very well with ours, Mm -hmm. right? They are not your typical supplement company that is just looking to make millions of dollars. They prioritize their products and their ingredients and they're out there to help make positive change in people's lives. And they're actually looking to turn around the stigma or change the stigma that's associated with the supplement industry. That it is just, you know, crap put in powder and sold to people to make a profit. They want to actually provide products and ingredients that are going to help people move toward their goals. Mm-hmm. And they're a people first company. They're really all about 
creating something for their clients, for their consumers that they also take themselves. Yeah. And so that's one of the main reasons is that their values align very well with ours. The second reason we trust them is that they have quality products. Like I said, they go through a ton of different processes and they invest tons of time, energy, and effort to find quality ingredients, to create quality products. They only manufacture low temperature based, or excuse me, processed protein powders, Mm -hmm. which what that means is that a lot of big, big companies cook their protein at high temperatures, which denatures the protein and prevents you from absorbing or utilizing it in the best ways possible. First Form does not do that. They only prepare their proteins at low temperatures, which... Which takes more time. Which takes time, which means they can't produce as great of volumes, but it creates a higher quality protein. So mm-hmm. that's just one example, right? They take the extra time to make sure that all of their products have safe and efficacious amounts of ingredients. So mm-hmm. they're not just putting amounts of ingredients in that they believe are going to be best, right? They're looking at the research and they're looking at what's been done already and what's actually safe for us as human beings. And that's the amount they're putting in their products. Yeah. Making sure that it's conducive to those things. And then lastly, you know, like we like their products. Mm -hmm. They taste great, right? Especially their protein bars. Like, holy crap, Mm -hmm. we love those, Uh, which is the level one bar. But yeah, you've got to like what you're taking, right? Yeah. Or at least you, you should, should in some capacity. <laughs> Not all of it's going to taste amazing, but you should enjoy what you're what you're consuming. Yeah. So that's why we trust First Form. Uh, and you guys can check them out. Like I said, we are actually affiliated with First Form. Um, so we are 100% devoted to, to their products. We believe in their products. And you can go and check them out through our link. We'll put it in the show notes. But it's just firstform.com backslash ballistic performance. And again, we'll put that in the show notes, but you can check them out on there. You can read up on all their products uh, and ask you, us questions. Yeah, too, I was just going to say we're going through a course learning everything. Yeah, that's the coolest part, too, guys, is right with this affiliation with First Form, They're investing in us to provide us with additional knowledge about their products and the science behind it, the preparation, all these things. So we're not just spouting this off because that's what we think. That's the inf- that's the education that we're being provided through the company. So. They are definitely taking care of us. And uh, again, if you have any questions, like Ash said, about any products, just send us a DM, shoot us an email. We would love to talk to you about, you know, why, again, why we choose First Form, how they can help you, what products can be conducive to your goals. Absolutely. All Uh, right. Anything else? I think we're good there. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. Sweet. Um, so first and foremost, I think Ash, since you're the nutrition guru here, what's the first thing that everybody should keep in mind, even though we just spent the last 30 minutes talking about supplements? Yeah. So supplements are literally just that they are supplemental to your nutrition. They should not be taken instead of eating whole nutritious dense foods, uh, they're again they're they're just meant to be supplemental yeah right they're you can't replace your nutrition you can't replace whole foods you need those things Mm -hmm. you can get immense amounts of vitamins and minerals and macronutrients from real food yeah but we know that we don't live in a perfect world you might not be able to eat as much real food as you need to eat your schedule might be insane you might work night shift there's all sorts of different things yeah, that happen you right you just might prioritize convenience exactly and so with that being said there is a place if we're unable to achieve those things through whole foods there is a place for supplements absolutely and i think it's really really important to mention that like you should always test not guess like work with your medical professional and get blood work taken it's it's it can be seriously dangerous if you just randomly start taking these supplements if you don't need them yeah absolutely right and so definitely consult with your medical professional like ash just said get a blood panel done and also even if you're not willing to do that but hopefully you are even if you're not willing to do that ask your coach, not your training buddy, right? Ask a knowledgeable, credible fitness professional 
what their recommendations would be. Don't ask your training partner who just goes off of what they read in Muscle Tech Magazine yeah. and is now bringing into the gym. Yeah. Ask your coach why, though, because if they don't have an explanation, don't trust it. Yeah. Don't ask your coach if they're a jackass. Yeah. Right. If they no. actually are knowledgeable and credible and experienced. They'll be able to explain why they recommended what they did. Exactly. Um, I think another thing we already kind of touched on this, but just remember that supplements aren't necessary to achieve your goal. Yeah. Now they can absolutely be beneficial and then they might be able to help you, especially if you're well-trained and you're pursuing some sort of elite performance goal. They can definitely be beneficial in the journey, but they are not necessary. So just, again, reiterating that point. Absolutely. And as we mentioned earlier, if you're interested in finding out more about First Form, our recommendations and why we trust First Form, send us a DM, shoot us an email, whatever it takes to get a hold of us. We would love to talk you through it. Again, we're going to put our link for First Form in the show notes. And you can get on there and check out all of their products and read their story and see why we believe their values align slow, so closely with ours. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that kind of wraps that section up. I think one thing we can add here at the end, and Ash, maybe you can chime in here with me. We talked about all these different supplements, all these different brands, all these different products that you can purchase if you're looking or need something, right, within your general nutrition. But like, what do we take? What are some of the products that we or supplements that we take on a daily basis or even sporadically mm -hmm. to give people an idea of, hey, we're not just sitting here like guzzling down powders left and right. right? Yeah. But we do engage in some supplements. Yeah. We take pro or we eat, drink, <laughs> consume protein powder a few times a week, not mm -hmm. every day. Uh, well, I think that's important. Why not every day? Because you can get your protein from whole foods. Boom. <laughs> Uh, it's really when I don't, I'm going to be honest, when I don't plan out my day ahead of, or ahead of time and it's the end of the night and I still have 30 grams of protein to hit, I make, smash uh, some pudding. Yeah. I make protein pudding. <laughs> uh, and then we, you eat protein bars more often than I do. Yeah. I probably have, uh, the level one bar from first form. I probably eat one of those like Every Probably every day or okay. every other day. Yeah. Only yeah. because, especially now with my job at Power, I'm in the neighborhood walking around. Like, I don't have time to sit down and eat a real meal. Yeah. Because we're working one to six and, like, we're expected to be walking that whole time. Yeah. And so I'll just have one in my pocket and, and eat that as I go. And the great thing about the level one bar is it's a little more calorically dense. Mm -hmm. Level one is meant to be more, almost more of that meal. I don't want to say meal replacement, but it will keep you satiated longer. It yeah. It will keep you satisfied longer. Yeah. And then I take magnesium at night. I notice a huge difference in how I sleep and and recovery. And I think the last thing is pre-workout. Yeah. And so you take pre-workout less than I do. Yeah. I, I pretty much take pre-workout every day. And here's why. Because people always ask me this, like, isn't it bad for you? It's only bad for you if you're taking pre-workout that has a bunch of extra additives in it. Yeah. That has excessive amounts of caffeine, beta alanine, leucine, all that stuff. But if you know what you're taking, if it's quality ingredients and you're aware of the amounts of those ingredients, you can manipulate all of that stuff. Yeah. I take it because we train first thing in the morning. And, and you want caffeine? I'm not going to drink coffee before that. So I have some caffeine. And then I don't drink coffee later on, right? Maybe midway through the day I'll have a cup, but I don't drink more in the morning. Yeah. And... And along with that, we know the amount of caffeine that's in our pre-workout. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's like 300 milligrams. So it's quite a bit of caffeine. So I take half a scoop, right? Because yeah. I know that 300 milligrams puts me in a bad place. Yep. And that, you know, that obviously comes through experimenting. But like you have to figure that stuff out. You don't have to take the serving size that's on the container. Mm -hmm. You can do half. You can do, maybe it's, maybe it's not enough. Maybe you can do a little more if there's not a lot in it. But you need to be aware of those things and like do the actual research to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, and that's literally it, right? Yeah. We basically don't take any other supplements. You know, we live in, I guess it's the Midwest, right? We're living, we live yeah. in Michigan and... We'll probably start supplementing vitamin D. That's exactly what I was just going to say. And so as the weather starts to turn, uh. <laughs> we probably will need to supplement vitamin D 
Uh, and that's because we're not getting the UV rays from the sun, right? We're not getting full exposure you like we would You still might be. with power I you're walking. I still might be able to, but that full exposure, that comes from being like 50% of your body's exposed, yeah. right? So just my face and my hands True. might not be enough, but <laughs> we'll need to probably start supplementing with that. Mm-hmm. But we don't supplement with anything else. We don't do fish oil. We don't do... I might start um, incorporating fish oil. Yeah, not that not that it's bad. We just don't do that. Um, we don't do vitamin C. We, you know, no no B vitamins. Like I mean, I just got my blood work done like two months ago, and there's nothing. Magnesium was the only thing that was like borderline for me, uh, and that was the end of summer. So I'm not surprised vitamin D was fine. Yeah. So, then the reason we don't need any of that is because we have a pretty well balanced. Nutritional yeah. regimen, right? We're eating a lot of well, you're eating a lot of veggies. I'm eating a decent amount of vegetables. We're eating quality protein sources. We're getting our fats. We're we're making sure that we're obtaining most of it from real food, just like we said in the episode here. Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, one last time, if you have any questions about supplements, if you're interested in any kind of supplements, our first form link will be in the notes. You're more than welcome to reach out to us and ask questions. In fact, we encourage it because we can point you in the right direction if there's something you're interested in or if we believe that there's something that will help you achieve your goals. And we're also going to be honest. If there's nothing you need, if nothing is going to actually be conducive to your goals, we're not going to try to sell you on something, no. right? That That's not who we are. That's not what we're about. And that's one another reason that we went with First Form is because that's not what the company's about either. So make sure you check that link out in the notes. But Ash, anything else to add? I don't think so. Fantastic. In that case, we hope you all have a fantastic week and we will see you next time. Bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, we cannot thank you enough. We could not do this without you. You guys are the reason that we show up each and every week. And so as a gift back to us, please, please, please head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, drop a comment in in there as well. That is how we reach more people and change more lives through this platform. And if you haven't done so already, like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, go check out our two newest programs, Genesis and Revelation. These are one-time purchase programs that truly have the potential to change your life if you're new to fitness or if you're just burnt out on that high intensity group exercise style training. So again, check those out on our website, trainballistic.com. Go to the menu, one-time purchases. You'll be able to find all the information that you need. And if you have any questions on those programs, do not hesitate to reach out. As always, guys, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you next week.